Hi friends, it's Meg Dahl and you're listening to Friends We Meet Reading, a book club podcast. All right, Megan, I am so excited to be talking about Daisy Jones and the Six with you and I have you to blame for my obsession (laughs) with this book. So thank you for that. You're welcome. (laughs) So this is your first time on the podcast. And before we dive into the book, I thought maybe you could, you know, introduce yourself to everyone because obviously you'll be on the podcast more and more. We'll be talking about other books. And so I'd like everyone to just get like a feel for you. So tell everyone like who you are, where you're from, a little bit about you, some fun facts. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, my name is also Megan, um, but I'll go by full Megan and not Meg, so we can kind of differentiate us a little easier. Um, Yeah, I I hail from London, Ontario, which is where I met Meg. Um, We went to Brescia together, uh, and then I spent a few years living in Ottawa uh, and working a bit in politics and stuff. So I recently moved back to London, but still kind of working in that world. but in terms of like books and stuff, I've been a book lover like my entire life. Like I think I was reading far before most people always had shelves full of books in my house from like the age of like two um, book sales. My parents were always buying me little critters and stuff like that. So just always obsessed with reading. And then I think through COVID, but even before COVID, I was trying to like kind of reinvigorate my love of reading and I've just started reading more and more and more and more books. And I've loved having you to talk about books with and stuff. So, you know, I think a podcast is just like fantastic because I can share my love of reading and my opinion, my strong opinions on all the books that I read with more and more people. So yeah, I'm really excited to get going. Good. Well, honestly, you're one of my favorite people to chat books with about because you said you have strong opinions. And in 2021, we had like a virtual book club, right? Yeah. And you were like, you and I were the ones that stuck it out until the end. I think it kind of like lost a bit of momentum at the end, but you mm-hmm. and I were still meeting up for the calls and stuff. And it was just so much fun to sit down with you and talk about books and stuff and then when I got like a poll or a idea to start a podcast just to chat about books you were the first person I told so Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to have you on today and like keep having you on so you and I can like dive into some of our favorite books and stuff but okay so you're a huge book reader I know this about you and (laughs) if like you were okay what are some of your favorite genres or like what is your favorite genre just so everyone kind of gets a feel for the books that you gravitate to or that sort of thing. Oh man. So I think that it's really hard to like define like a specific genre. I feel like I'm more of like a book mood kind of person. I like, so I identify with like, um, you know, like really like, um, characters that are really like struggling with themselves and are kind of like moving through the world with like, not like one 
like one strong arc, but kind of seeing their development towards the end. I love unreliable narration, which I'm sure we'll talk about lots in this podcast and stuff like that. Um, And I really like um, kind of different points of view kind of things. Uh, So, you know, like one of my uh, favorite books last year was like Grown Ups and everything. Um, Cause it had like, it just was like a family, right? So just like getting all of those different points of view and being like, oh, this person's terrible, but I know why they're terrible and stuff. So that's not really a genre, but definitely like fiction that like doesn't necessarily have like all positive vibes. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love how you didn't really like narrow down a genre, but these are Mm -hmm. like aspects you love of the book. And I think that really does give us a feel for the books that you and I will be talking about on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I also really like different points of view and stuff like when it's kind of hopping between you know talking about this character and then a different one. And we kind of do see some of that in Daisy Jones and the Six. Oh yeah, we see a lot of that for sure. <laughs> so, okay, let's get into it. I am going to be completely honest as I mm-hmm. always am. I this book was not even on my radar. Like yeah. at all. Um I had actually never read any of her books before. Yeah, no Taylor Jenkins read in your bookshelf, which was surprising to me, honestly, because she's been so big the last few years. But that's why, Megan. Yeah. (laughs) I I did have several of her books marked as, like, want to read on Goodreads. Mm -hmm. I even had, like, ordered in Malibu Rising from the library, and I had it in my possession, like, Mm -hmm. in the spring of this year. And honestly, I was hearing just such mixed reviews, you know, like some people love her books and will pick up anything she writes. And then I had a few close friends of mine that we typically like the same books and like this one friend in particular, she'll be on the podcast with me soon, Mm -hmm. but she has told me that like she started, I think it was either two or three books of Taylor's and she like started them and could not finish them so I was kind of like I so honestly I did this I went on Goodreads and I literally like took them all off of my want to read shelf because I was just like eh such mixed reviews I don't really know if I want to read one but then you and I were talking and I don't know like how we got on the topic of her books, but I asked you, okay, like I keep hearing such positive reviews from some of my friends and people in my close mm-hmm. circle that I was like, just tell me your favorite. And it was Daisy Jones and the Six. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, like it is 100% my favorite, but I think also I was keeping in mind there, I was like, wow, like Meg like loves like Freddie Mercury and like all of like, she's like, she's really musical. And like, I'm not. So, like, Like, I'm not somebody that's like, oh my God, I love music. Music is life or anything like that. Right. But I was like, you know what? Like this kind of like vibe would totally jive with Meg. Whereas like, I think if you had started with like one of the other Taylor Jenkins reads books, it would have been so different because like none of them are like this. This is really kind of like a standout one for her. So yeah. Honestly though, (laughs) but like that's, that's my thing. I'm like, how did I not realize that 
this book was totally made for me. Like my yeah. my top two favorite movies of all time are Bohemian Rhapsody and mm-hmm. the version of A Star is Born with Lady Gaga and Bradley Yeah, Cooper. oh my God. Like tearjerker. <laughs> those are my two favorite movies yeah. of all times. And then like this book, I, it would just like, I totally neglected it and I'm so guilty for that, but it's hands down to this day, like one of my top reads of the year and so yeah I was just like constantly texting you as I was reading this book I was like I am so obsessed with this so truly my obsession started so I listened to the book you read it and then you listened to it yeah so I read it it was one of the first books I actually read this year um I don't remember I think I read another Taylor Jenkins read book maybe at the end of last year or the very beginning of January. Um, And then picked up this one like immediately after while I was at Kohl's one day. Um, But I finished it really quick, like I think in like three days. But then when we decided that we were going to talk about this one and you were talking about how much you loved the audiobook, I was like, okay, I'll give that a try. So it's kind of like a reread for the year. I've never read the same book twice in one year. So it's the first for me. but I'm so glad that I got to experience both formats, like very different reading experience for yeah. both. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear about that though. Like what yeah. was it like for you to read the book and then listen to it? Like for me, I, I literally remember where I was. Like I started the book right when I took a step out of my house for my walk. And mm-hmm. I remember where I was on this walk and it wasn't even 10 minutes away from my house. And I was like, I am obsessed with this book. Like it, it truly took me that little of time to become obsessed. So very curious how you feel about like the reading it versus listening to it, that sort of thing. Yeah. So reading it, I found was like maybe harder because it's like, like maybe people, if people listening don't know, it's like written in an interview format. Right. So it's very much like character and then a quote and then a character and giving a quote about like the same situation from their perspective and stuff um and you know like reading that it was like it took a little while to kind of get into a rhythm with it right because you're not familiar with the characters so it's kind of like who am I who's talking about this again and what's their relation to the other person um but it was like really interesting because it was kind of like reading an article or reading a transcript right so it was a very different reading experience from like a novel with like chapters and you don't get to hear inner monologue, right? It's all quotes. So it was a really interesting reading experience. And I did really enjoy that and being able to like flip back and like be like, oh, like what did this person say about this? Or did that follow? But then listening to it, like this audiobook, I swear, is like it's what I want all audiobooks to be. It's like it should be the standard for audiobooks. Like it had an entire cast, like it, it had like so much personality. And I mean, I do, I do, I don't know. Do you listen to a lot of audiobooks or is this kind of like? This was my first fiction audiobook. Oh, okay. I listened to a lot of memoirs. Like I, Mm -hmm. and I'll be covering some of those, but like, know my name. I listen Mm -hmm. like, and you know, I'm like a huge true crime junkie person. So Mm -hmm. I'll listen to a lot of like nonfiction, true crime stuff like memoirs you know of people like um living through like abductions and stuff or surviving abductions (laughs) but yeah I'll like 
that's my answer yeah. to, to your question, but I'll share like why after I chose to listen to this on audio, yeah, no, but keep going. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I do listen to some fiction audiobooks, but I tend to do ones that like, I'm just trying to like get another book in kind of thing. It's like, what's available at the library. I need something to listen to while I'm doing some like admin work or going out for like a walk with my dog. Um, stuff like that. Um, so like this one was like more intentional and the one thing that I don't usually love about fiction audiobooks, I totally agree. I love listening to like memoirs and nonfictions in audiobook format when they're read by the author, but I like hearing characters have their own voice and their own personality because it really brings them to life, right? Like, uh, you can really see them in your head and you like, like hearing, especially like Eddie in this book and everything and like that angst in his voice and like how he talks so much faster than other people. And like how some of the characters that are kind of portrayed as like more evil give like very standoffish like quotes and stuff. Right. Like I love that. Whereas like sometimes listening to audiobooks is very much just like somebody's reading you a story, which is fine. But like, it just made, it made the experience of listening to it like so cool. So yeah, I love, loved it as an audiobook. Okay. That makes me so happy. I was really excited to hear your take on that. So kind of like my whole story about why I listened to it versus like ordering it from the library and reading it was first of all, again, like didn't know how I was going to feel about her books. And then when you were and I, when you and I were texting and you told me this was one of your, or your favorite book of hers, I, and then you said that it was written interview style. And remember last year we read anxious people. Yeah. And you know how there was like the portions of that book written interview style. True. Yeah. And that was my least favorite part of that entire book so I was just like that was kind of like when you told me that that was honestly like a turnoff for me I was like oh Oh, no dang like it's written interview style I don't think I'll like reading that you know so anyways but I was really determined to like read one of her books and also take your recommendation because I really wanted to do like an episode with you sooner than later. Mm -hmm. So I go on Goodreads and the very first review I read on Goodreads was a five star review. And it was just like the first one that popped up to me. I was probably like a friend of hers on Goodreads or whatever. And she said like all of these amazing like comments about the book. And then at the end of her review, she said she listened to it on audio and would highly recommend it because it's an entire cast. I was like, wait a sec. I feel like I would really like this because as you were saying, like, I also really love listening to like memoirs and stuff like that because it's usually read by the author. So you're Mm -hmm. feeling like, like they are sitting down with you telling you their entire story, you know? And that's what I really like about that. And then I had recently watched the Normal People series. I know I recommended it to you. And I was like, I'm so obsessed with the series of Normal People, but I had never read the book. But like after finishing the series, I was so obsessed with it that I'm like, I just need more of this book. So I either wanted to read it or listen to it. And then I had a free audio credit. So I cashed Uh it in to listen to normal people. And it was like, Marianne got home from school. She's still wearing her school uniform. And I'm like, 
this is so like I can't do this I could not do that so when I found out that it was an entire cast doing this audiobook I jumped on it and it it seriously I agree with you this should be the standard this is how all books should be done it was just honestly phenomenal yeah no I agree I would even I would pay more for audiobooks for the full cast like straight up it was just it was it was such a cool experience so yeah um I'll thank you for getting me into the audio version because I think you were like a few days into it before I decided that that would be how I would do my reread yeah um but yeah like loved it loved it and we were talking about okay we have to talk about Karen's voice because it was bothering me so bad like as soon as she started talking I'm like okay first of all yes this is like her voice you know Mm -hmm. I I was kind of like I'm sure if I was reading this book like I would picture her voice being like this I don't know it was just so on point for that character but it was also bothering me I'm like whose voice is this but I didn't honestly think because I didn't look at like who was narrating the book you know I didn't look at the cast for the book so I didn't think it was anyone I knew or knew of so I was like racking my brain. I'm like, which friend of mine sounds like this? Like I thought it was a friend I had that sound like that. And then I ended up Googling it and it's like Judy Greer, who is the kind of like the mean friend on 13 going on 30. And I've watched that movie a million times and I was like, of course it's her. It was just so I know this voice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I think it was so funny because I I don't remember if like that's how I would have like heard her in my head when I was like reading the book and stuff but then as soon as like you said that that's how you were like feeling and that like you had to like discover that it was her I remember I had started I was starting the audiobook that morning and then as soon as like the first Karen quote came up I actually just started laughing I was like no Meg is completely right like I know exactly what she was like thinking because it's like such a familiar voice that you like maybe couldn't put like a face to. But, yeah, I yeah. was just like, who? And it was days before yeah. it even occurred to me, like, why don't I just Google who is reading this, you know? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. I actually do know who this person is. So that was funny. But okay, clearly we loved the audio version. I yeah. really like the book is phenomenal. I really do think it's like a masterpiece. I loved it so much that even though I love the audio version, I really want to like own the book. I love buying Mm -hmm. books that I actually really, really love. You know, it's just kind of like, I don't know, there's something about like having it sitting on your shelf, even if you don't read it. It's like, yeah, I love this. No, I totally agree. And you might pick it up again one day. Like I have... I have a few books like that where it's like I love this so much that like I won't even lend it to people like it just like sits on my shelf and I like occasionally sometimes it's just like I need to read this one but yeah yeah you're like it's collecting it's art Mm -hmm. I just love it um and as I said like there's actually so many good quotes in this book too so I pulled some that I do want to talk about in the show but where do you want to start with this like maybe some of our like I do want to talk about all the characters maybe that would be a good place for us to start like there are so many characters and I guess one of my kind of closing thoughts like when I wrapped up the book I was like 
there wasn't a single character, even, you know, if certain characters were like slightly annoying or they were like kind of like those characters, like you mentioned Eddie for an example, right? Like he's very like, he's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, he complains a lot. But at the end of the book, I was like, it was so interesting to me that there was not one character that I'm like, oh, he like, I'm so fed up with this character. Like, I wish he would just stop talking, you know, like, yeah, I really I just enjoyed all of the characters in like their own unique kind of way. Like there was something special about all of them, I think. No, I 100% agree. Um, So I have written down because like, I was just like, taking notes as I was listening through again and stuff like that. And I, Karen, for sure, 100% my favorite. Like, I think she seemed to have like the best, most neutral take on most things that also offered like a lot of insight. I thought that she was like really funny, but I also found her to be like really relatable. Right. Cause like as much as like the story is mostly about the relationship between Billy and Daisy and like how their like lives and stuff impacted the band. Like I felt like Karen was able to still weave and narrate her own story into that. And I didn't feel like that came across from any of the other secondary characters in the book. Um, So like her being able to talk about like, you know, like just how she felt about like relationships and some of her unease that way. motherhood friendship being on the road like drugs and alcohol like all of that kind of stuff it just felt like she like just like seemed to have like such a good head on her shoulders about the whole thing while still remaining quite rock and roll like so she was 100% my favorite and then another secondary I feel like I should have chosen a main character but the other character who I would say is kind of one of my favorites was Warren okay um but only because he was like, he was so good at just like breaking things up. And I always like laughed when one of his quotes came in because he just like seemed so cute, like clueless about like what was going on with like some of like the other characters. And then he was just pure rock and roll. Like I just wanted to sign boobs and drink and get on the road and like I love being on the party bus, like stuff like that. So I don't know. He was fun. Like he just wanted to be the drummer and just party and like live that life and nothing else really mattered to him. Yeah. I'm going to live on a houseboat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was so funny. So some, I just want to like comment a little bit on like the Karen thing. I agree with what you said. Definitely one of my favorites. Um, But, like, something else that was so cool, and I don't know how Taylor did this, but, like, she did. But, like, Karen being a secondary character, but, like, you could also just, like, through her words and how she, like, talked about things and stuff and how um, these other characters referred to her and talked about her and shared stories... I don't know. It was just so phenomenal that like the relationship that you could sense between the characters, Mm -hmm. right? Like you said, this book is primarily like the relationship between Billy and Daisy, right? And like their stories and the band as a whole, but like you could just feel the relationship between Karen and Camila yeah like you could feel that like I like to a point where 
you could kind of like relate to, oh yeah, I have like a friendship like that or (laughs) Karen and Graham, like you could feel that relationship like it was so interesting to me yeah I 100% agree like those relationships came out between all of the like this web of characters it was so cool Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that like Karen was really that like middle piece that like made all those connections I think I've read a lot of reviews and stuff and a lot of people kind of put that role more on like Camila but I definitely think it's Karen like yeah Karen Karen is like that kind of I don't know, sticky part to all the relationships maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But like, I was, I'm also like, I'm a huge Camila fan. Yeah. I, I got a plant. (laughs) (laughs) Like we, we just recently had some family come over and like visit us and like see our house for the first time. And they brought over like a housewarming, like welcome plant type thing and whenever I'm reading a book that I really like at the time and I get a new plant I re- I name the plant after one of my favorite characters and I mm-hmm. named my plant Camila like I just oh my gosh. I don't know to me she was just like such like a goddess in my head like I just love like she was just like had this grounding presence and you could tell or at least like this is how I felt it was like you could tell why Karen was so drawn to her you know like Mm -hmm. you just kind of felt that I don't know I I was a big fan of her I really really did like her yeah so would you say that Camila was like your favorite character in the book or gosh I don't know I didn't like and I'm such a big like rank person like I love ranking things you know this about me yeah yeah I don't even know if I, like, I think I was, I honestly don't know. Like, I really liked Billy. I mm-hmm. I did enjoy Daisy. I wouldn't say she was my favorite. Mm-hmm. I also really liked Karen and Camila. So, I don't know. She's, like, definitely top three for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe she's my favorite. If I had to choose, like, right now, I would say she's probably my favorite. I really liked her. I also pulled a lot of like quotes from her too. Nice. Yeah, I would say that's an interesting way to look at it actually because I'm thinking like, oh, when I was like writing down like quotes or whatever, like I always just like paraphrase them or whatever if it's like an audio book. But like they're almost always Daisy quotes now that I think about it. But I don't know. I'm excited to hear some of your quotes. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, just a lot of I have a daisy fun. quote right in front of me if you do want. You? what is <laughs> yeah, it I let do. me know okay so I lo- I don't know I was just walking listening and this one just like stuck out to me because I'm like she's so right she said music can dig you know obviously in like her super raspy voice which I'm not gonna yeah. do here but she said music can dig you know it can take a shovel to your chest and just start digging until it hits something and I was like that is such a like perfect description of what music can do to you right like just a song yeah. like just keep digging and digging and then you're like "Ooh, I felt that yeah I'm just realizing that the quotes that I was like paraphrasing are on my desk in another room but I do have one that I screenshotted on my phone and it's a Karen quote so maybe my original one was there and like yeah I don't know I this one just like I was like oh man like I don't know if this is what I believe but I just thought it was like so eloquently said so she said I don't I don't believe in soulmates anymore 
and I'm not looking for anything, but if I did believe in them, I believe that your soulmate was somebody who had all the things you didn't, that needed all the things you had, not somebody who's suffering the same stuff as you are. And I was just like, oh my God, I love that. Like, I don't know. She just like, was like a lady of wisdom. I swear. Like, oh yeah. I love that quote. It kind of makes me think of like a puzzle piece, right? Like Mm -hmm. a soulmate being like a puzzle piece where you don't have like the same parts and like the, yeah. You just kind of like fit together because you have like what the other person doesn't have type thing. Um, Going back to the relationships though. So like kind of four relationships that stuck out to me were like the relationship between Billy and Graham, Billy and Daisy, Karen and Camila, and then Karen and Graham. I don't know if you have like kind of anything to share about the relationships, if you kind of like your thoughts on them or anything like that. Like, what did you, first of all, like the relationship between the two brothers, like Billy and Graham? Billy and Graham? I thought that like, it was like cute for the most part. Um, And how I liked how like at the beginning they were like more bouncing off of each other and really reliant on each other. And like how that really like stemmed from, you know, not having a father figure and how this band was kind of like how they kept each other together and in check and stuff. But then, you know, that relationship between them develops more and more towards the end as they're becoming their own people. And the band is becoming like, less dependent on each other and everything's ready to go its own way. And I liked that development. So I really did like them as brothers. Um, I know that they're also kind of paralleled towards um, Eddie and Pete in a similar way, Um, but I didn't see it as like as angsty as a relationship as that, if that makes sense. So I did really like them. I thought they were like cute, but I wish that they, I, I almost wish that their like stories had paralleled a little bit more, you know? like how Graham never talked about his relationship with Karen, which was probably respectful of Karen and everything to like Billy and stuff. But it was like, almost like Billy didn't know much about Graham's life as Graham knew about Billy's life. Right. right. No, I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah. I get, and one of the reasons I wrote it down was I think while I was reading it or listening to it, like something just kind of stood, stood out to me. I was like, she could like the author Taylor, she could have made them be like butting heads all the time. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like, you know, maybe like a stereotypical thing that she could have done, but she didn't do that. She mm-hmm. kind of had like Billy kind of always having Graham's back in certain situations or vice versa. And I really liked how she chose to do that rather than the stereotypical like brothers, like being polar opposites, never getting along, that sort of thing. Like there was just so many things that she did in this book that I'm like, wow, she could have done the total opposite and kind of it would be like that stereotypical thing. But even for like Karen and Graham, for an example, right? Yeah. Graham was like in love with her. Oh, yeah. And she was like, that is not what I'm looking for, right? Yeah. And stereotypically like she it would have been like opposite right like the Mm -hmm. woman like running after the guy and stuff and I'm just like I love so many things that she did about this book because it wasn't like oh yeah of course that's how it's happening right yeah like no I totally agree I really yeah 
so my favorite relationships were actually like a little bit different because they're like very kind of side character and I almost kind of saw them as like um almost parental I don't know I'm probably like going way too English teacher like looking into this and stuff but um how Simone and Teddy are kind of like the parental figures or the caretakers for like Daisy and Billy respectively and how having them as like a direct influence in their lives really keeps them on track and when they're not there they kind of like lose themselves and stuff like that so I loved when like Simone came in every time right because it's like you know Daisy's kind of getting to that point and then like Simone comes in and it's like okay like you got to do this you got to do this got to do this and kind of always keeps her from like kind of getting to that like peak of like not being able to come back and how Teddy was that for Billy. And then when Teddy dies or when Simone is on tour, things almost completely fall apart for those characters. Right. So I thought those were like really interesting relationships. I love that you brought that up. I really do. And again, just going back to something that I love that the author did was you know, I think with like the Simone Daisy relationship, like there was an opportunity for Simone to get like so frustrated with Daisy and, you know, really annoyed. And I think that again, that would be kind of like the thing that we're used to seeing in relationships like that, right? They get burnt out about taking care of this other person and they kind of leave them high and dry or whatever. But she just like kept being there. And I love that. I really love that. So yeah, there was just truly so many of those like relationships, like those things that I was like, wow, she could have totally spun this a different way, but she didn't. And I like the way she took it. So yeah. Um, yeah, I love that too. How worked up were you or how like worried were you for Billy when Teddy died? I was like pretty like as soon as that happened I was like oh like this is this is where things start like kind of cascading was exactly how I felt because like there was already so much brewing there and like Teddy was like being really built up with the Aurora album production and stuff and how much like Billy was relying on him and yeah I, I started getting really worried there I was like oh is this where like a relapse is gonna happen or something and yeah no 100 percent like there there was worry for sure I was worried yeah it was kind of like is this gonna be where we see Billy being able to like take control of everything and like really like bring it home and all of that stuff or is this like what's gonna be the downfall you know, and I think it kind of landed somewhere in between, which I think is fantastic. And just, just like another like testament to like Taylor Jenkins and Reed's like ability to like weave the story. Um, But yeah, no, I totally agree. It was like a shock because like, I also didn't expect it at all. Like, I guess they had like, kind of like weaved in some things where it was like Teddy was like, drank a lot or Teddy like ate a lot and he like had like bad genes and stuff like that. But like, at no point was I like, Oh yeah, he'll drop dead. Yeah, you weren't <laughs> thinking like, okay, this is where it's gonna go, yeah. and then Billy's gonna get you know caught up with drinking again. You know, it really wasn't predictable, I don't think. And like you said, if 
you know, you were trying to predict something after Teddy died, it was either like, okay, nothing's going to happen and he's really going to like come out on top, Billy that is, or Mm -hmm. it's just going to be like a complete downward spiral from here. And like you said, it was something in the middle. And that's what I really appreciate about what Taylor Jenkins Reid did with the story again. So can we talk about like the scene in the bar where he was holding, like what was he drinking? I forget what he was drinking. It was a tequila. Okay. Straight. I was seriously like (laughs) walking outside, listening to this book. People were probably looking at me because I was seriously like gasping. I'm like, what's he going to do? You know? And then, (laughs) and then he ended up taking a drink and I'm like, Billy, no. Just a taste. Yeah. Okay. So, and then that guy takes the drink away from him. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I don't know. I loved that moment. It was just like chills. I loved it. Yeah. And I loved that it was like, and this is another time where like the audiobook really, I think, stepped up the experience for me and stuff. Um, Was that scene being interlaced with the intervention that Camilla was having with Daisy and how it weaved in between. So it was just like, wait, we're leaving Billy. I need to know what Billy's doing. But it was like, also like, but like, what is Camilla going to say to Daisy? Because is she going to go stereotypical jealous wife or is she actually going to help this woman? Yes. And again, it lands in between. Yeah. Um, (laughs) See, now I'm hooked on Taylor Jenkins Reid writing. Like now I'm like, okay, I love what she does. You know, like she's just, I think she's a genius. Even to come up with a story, like a book like this, mm-hmm. about this fictional band that feels real. Feels so real. Yeah. That to the point, I made a note to share about this, but like one day I like I went for a little bit of a walk, was listening to the book, and then I did a workout later and I was like trying to decide what I wanted to listen to for my workout. And I'm like, oh, I should put on like Daisy Jones and the Six. Like I literally was craving listening to their music even though I had never listened to it in my entire life I'm like how was she able to create such a world that like I was craving something that I had never heard before isn't that like crazy no and I totally agree and it like it it made me like start like googling more about like 70s rock and roll and what was the inspo for this and all yeah so it got it really immersed me for sure in that world and I saw I haven't listened to any of them but on YouTube a lot of people like took because I don't know I don't know that it was in the audiobook um but in the back of like the physical copy of the book and everything she actually had she wrote songs like, like she lyrics. wrote she has yeah lyrics. like she has lyrics for them so some people have covered them um and when the when it gets made into a show I'm really interested in seeing how like those come across and stuff and then you'll have a playlist Meg that you can listen yes to. we um, will have to talk about the show I want to save that for the end for sure yeah, no, for but sure. like yeah I definitely want to talk about that um there was something on my mind that I was gonna say okay <laughs> so because of this podcast I started mm-hmm. like a bookstagram you know account yeah. and so I've been watching all sorts of bookstagram reels and people are 
like there's this trend that you're posting about books that made you forget you were reading and this is a hundred percent one of those books that like you are just completely in the world of this book that you don't feel like you're reading it just needed to say that because that's that's the truth (laughs) yeah Uh, so one thing that like I think is really interesting about this book was that there was no inner monologue and that you kind of had to depend on everybody else's takes and how for like so many different situations they'll offer like literally four completely different points of view and stuff but like how did you feel at the end when it was revealed that it was Billy's daughter doing the interviews like what was your reaction I mean totally didn't see that coming right again I have like a very um like visual memory like I can see everything I know exactly where I was standing when I got to that part and I was just like wait what it was so wild to me so wild but again something I did not expect I wasn't like predicting that it was so cool though yeah I don't know like I and it made me love the book even more oh my gosh yeah same I loved that, but like the more that I was thinking about it, the more I'm like, I almost don't trust Billy's perspective on anything knowing that, right? When you kind of like get to like the end and it like, it made so much more sense when like there were like hesitations around when Daisy was like talking about like how her and Billy's relationship started to form. And she was like, ah, ah, right? And stuff. And like Billy would just like totally be like, oh yeah, the song was never about that. Right. And I'm like, oh, like who they're talking to really like adds a lot of context to how these like characters' viewpoints on things came out. I never even like thought that. about just, that. So I like, and I, it, it made me love it so much more. But then I'm just like, holy cow, like there's so much to take away from the book with that context of things, too. Right. Cause we're never actually going to know like, what it wasn't a real story I know then I'm like in my head (laughs) (laughs) I'm never gonna know about these fictional we can never actually know like what what was the context like why did this person want to write this song or like is that the truth or is that what they're telling themselves and everybody has their own truth obviously but yeah I don't know it was just like oh my god like that adds so much more to it I guess that would be like a really because I did not think about that I was just kind of like whoa this is Julia right I wasn't I didn't kind of like go back after that and be like oh maybe this actually influenced some of the answers to the questions and stuff but I feel like that would be a really good question for Taylor Jenkins Reid right because you know it's like did you do that on purpose that now yeah like to leave us thinking like oh are they not telling the full truth, right? But at the beginning of the book, I love how she was like, you'll hear different stories about the same thing and usually the truth is somewhere in between. Like I really liked like that little snippet at the beginning. I just enjoyed that because you kind of like had that at the back of your mind the whole time. You know, you weren't thinking like, oh, this person is trying to be like deceitful. You know, they're that sort of thing. Like, how many years had gone by and people are going off of memory and kind of like withholding some of the truth Mm -hmm. they're sharing their point of view from the stories right like 
It was just, and you cool. always want to put yourself in a favorable light when you're talking about yourself, yeah, exactly. right? Like, yeah, hundred percent. So I, I, I loved that. Um, I thought it was like a genius way to like pull it all together and stuff, but also like it made this, it made that ending scene with the bar and like the intervention, like so much more meaningful, right? Cause like even Julia says it, she's like, this is literally the only part of this like story that can be corroborated by a third party because I'm that party right like I was there yeah right and it was just like oh my god yeah it just like all came together but yeah I love that part totally didn't see it coming and I guess this is like a good time for me to also bring up so we had talked about one of like your favorite aspects of books being kind of like hopping from different viewpoints and stuff Mm -hmm. and I think especially at the beginning of this book like before Daisy meets the band you know it's really hopping from like Daisy's life to like the band and stuff because obviously like they don't know of each other and I mean I read so many books like that where it's like you know, this kind of timeline and then this one. And usually when I read books like that, I have like a preference over which one I like better, if that makes sense. Like if it's talking about like the guy and then, you know, another chapter is talking about the girl. I usually have like a preference. So when I'm like, if I'm preferring like this guy character and I'm on a chapter about the girl, I'm sometimes like part of me is like, oh, I just want to like get through this chapter so I can get back to this other character that I prefer. But what I noticed with this book was I really didn't care who was talking. I didn't care like which kind of um, like perspective we were getting or what timeline we were on, that sort of thing. Like I just loved all of perspectives, you know? And so that kind of was something that I noticed because usually... It's not like that for me. So I'm curious, like, what you think about that? Yeah, I would say I'm very similar. Like, I always, like, empathize with, like, one character more than others in, like, books like that. But I would say, like, I, at the very, very beginning, uh, when they're doing all the setup, I prefer Daisy's story just because she's a little bit more crazy. I don't know and like I guess I I I just relate to female characters a lot more and stuff like that um but I I really liked the setup of her life especially because it was like she was like super rich and she's never had to like really work for anything and then it was like and then before right before she's meeting the band who's worked really hard for everything their whole lives all of them right like all of them come from different struggles but they've all had to work really hard and then, you know, she's like not really had to do that. She's just been floating around. Like, obviously she's faced her share of traumas and stuff. But at the end, it's like, I want to write my songs. They're like, but you don't have songs. Like you need to put the work in. And she's never had to work before. And then it was like, right then is when she like kind of integrated with the band and then they're kind of meeting there. So I think I that's why I liked hers because there was that character arc and development that I really enjoy about like, character perspective books so like I would agree with you like both are incredibly well written I really liked hearing about how the band came up and that scene where like they see their dad at the wedding and all of that but yeah I liked Daisy's like intro story was like really interesting to me yeah 
Yeah, no, I thought, I mean, I really loved both. And that was just something that stood Mm -hmm. out to me that I'm like, wow, I don't have like an obvious, like, like it didn't, didn't have that feeling of, oh, I just want to get back to Daisy because like, this isn't like that interesting to me. You know what I mean? So, okay. Do you have any other like favorite parts of the book that really stood out to you that you wanted to chat about? Because there's yeah. one in my mind. <laughs> there's one in mine too. Okay. Uh, they're probably not the same, but I was, uh, I was thinking like, you know what, like you have, like, like, this is kind of me when like I go to recommend books. And when I was thinking about like, oh, which, which like Taylor Dick and Reed novel would Meg like the most. And it's like, you know, like there's scenes in books that you kind of like always reflect on and go back to. And for me, that's the one with Daisy in the pool. Um, when she's missed the recording session, she's high out of her mind. She doesn't know what's going on around her and she's just doing whatever she wants. And I don't, I couldn't, I tried to like make notes and figure out why I like that scene so much. And I love rereading it. And I think it's just because it's so like purely her. Whereas like a lot of like other things when she's relaying her story, it's like, it's, how people want her to be or like how people want her to act or how she's like having to do something that in that moment she was like exactly where she was and that's not necessarily favorable like she was like in a really dark bad place but it was 100% her and I just loved it and I loved the imagery that was weaved in with like her in the expensive dress floating in the pool smoking a cigarette like surrounded by hundreds of people she doesn't know like I just it's just like it was such a beautifully written scene and I really loved it so that's mine and like Simone was like backing it up and really adding to that scene too yeah you were right I I totally agree with you on that but definitely not the part that like I wanted to bring up this was Mm -hmm. quite early in the book but what did you think about how Billy proposed to Camila? Like she was like, did you, I forget like her exact words, but it was like, Oh, when they got a record deal. deal? And yeah, you know, he just kept saying like, tell me yes or no, tell me yes or no. Uh And I was just like dying over that scene. I just really liked it. I did like that too. I thought it was really cute. I thought that was much better than the wedding yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that was so cute. And I think it just showed how like pure her love and adoration for him was and everything. Cause like in that moment, all she cared about was like his happiness and his success. Right. And his happiness and success was hers. So like, she was just so excited. I thought it was really cute. To I, be know. Honest. I loved it. I loved that yeah. part so much. Yeah. It was really cute. Um, I think I also really liked Camila because I forgot about this part, but I just see it in my notes. I'm like, oh yeah, I really did like her. So yes, we'll just say she's my favorite character, hands down. So when she was like living with them in the house, you know, and I forget which band member, but someone had asked her to like clean the house while they were gone and she just didn't. I'm like yes girl I get you I would like if someone asks me to do something 
I'm just not going to do it, you know? And do you mind cleaning up while we're away? Sure. And yeah, just sure. Do anything. I just would not, yeah. I would hands down, like not do that. So when she didn't do it, I'm like, I get you. I respect yeah. you. Like we're the same. Like I can yeah, relate I feel like to you. The other example of that was like, remember like when she's like how about I make breakfast for everybody and they're like no I want burgers and she's like okay well I'll make both and then she's like oh but the meat went bad so like I, I'll just like make this instead oh but like while I'm doing this I might as well make eggs and then she just made a full breakfast for everybody she just got what but, she like, wanted made, anyways exactly but she made everybody feel like she didn't like overstep and I was just like damn like you are like cunning in the best kind of yeah. way I yeah. love her I really do yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, when he was like describing their, so this is Teddy was describing like their music. And he said, if I could define it, I wouldn't have any use for it. Oh yeah. I just really love that because I'm like, yeah, like when I really love a certain band or a certain song like I can't give it a word like I can't describe to you why I like something you know and I just like how he kind of like put that together in this pretty little package like if I could define it I wouldn't have any use for it you know and I think that was like regarding their album yeah sounds like my description of genre of book I like um but yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. I hadn't pulled out that quote, but I do remember it. And I think it was like a really good way of putting it too, because a lot of people I think were having trouble, like kind of describing like why Daisy being with the six was so much better than just Daisy or just the six, you know, like it was just, there was emotion to it. There was just so much that like went on that made it perfect. So I think yeah, no, I think that's a really good way to describe it. Good job, Teddy. Good job, yeah, Taylor. I just really like that. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I felt that. <laughs> I did find a Daisy quote that I liked. Let's hear it. In my phone. Okay, so she, I think she's talking about herself. You can justify anything if you're narcissistic enough to believe that the universe conspires for and against you, which we all are deep down when you convince yourself that you're getting signs about anything and everything. So yeah, like what kind of caught your attention about that? Um, That like she was able to acknowledge that like maybe not everything that Billy was doing was about her, but she was able to convince herself that it was all about her and all about what she needed. And that narcissism like really fueled her and her ability to make music but that like in her older age like in her 60s she was able to identify that maybe that wasn't the case so I don't know I really liked it I I feel like like, a lot of like that's probably a quote that stuck out to a lot of people yeah yeah I didn't write it down but this is one that I did and I I would like to know if you can relate to it. So Billy said it did have that kind of feeling where you're in that time of your life, you'll remember forever. And I just loved how he was describing this like moment of their life that like in that moment, he was like, whoa, I know this is like a time of my life that I'll remember forever. And when he said that, I'm like, I have totally felt that before where you're just kind of like doing something or you're 
in the middle of, you know, experiencing something and you just kind of think to yourself, like, wow, like I'm going to remember this forever. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm curious, like if you want to share, um, has that happened to you before? And maybe like when, like when was like a time in your life where you're just like, I'm in that time where I am going to remember this forever. It's just kind of like one of those feelings. I have a few for sure. Um, I think like one of them would have been in third year when we were at Brescia and like, I was like doing some student council stuff. And I remember I was just like arguing with somebody one day. I know that sounds so dumb, but it's so me and everything. Right. And I was like really getting my point across on stuff. And I was, I was just like, it was like, I was getting my way, but I was like, Oh my God, like I'm doing this. I'm, I'm being authentic. I'm able to like, you know, stick up for myself. I'm able to do all these things. And I was like, wow, like, you know, like, I really feel like I've found what I love doing and stuff like that. So I feel like that was one feeling, but then like something maybe like a little bit more like solid. I remember when I went to Thailand back in 2020, um, I did like a jungle trek. And at the end of the trek, um, we basically like built these bamboo rafts. And then like, we like rafted down this like river. Like it was basically like a humongous handmade stand-up paddleboard. Um, and I just remember like being on it and we got to like this more relaxed part of the river and like looking up and there's just like massive, like jungle palm trees and stuff and birds flying overhead and like local people just like catching fish on the side of the river and waving at us and stuff. And I was like, this is just like the coolest experience ever. Like, like this is like truly what I wanted in terms of like an authentic experience. And it's somewhere that I'm never going to be or be able to like, I'm not, even if I went back and did it again, I would never have that feeling of like, I'm in like a completely different place, you know? So I would say like that, those would be two that stand out for me. I for love that. that. Feeling. And I can totally yeah. see how those two things would be. Um, one of what the are first things that like came to mind, and it's funny that you bring this up, it was absolutely yeah. like going to university. And I think for mm-hmm. me, like, I don't really have like this, like, exact like you you know kind of debating someone or like arguing your stance on something Mm -hmm. but for me just like even like walking around the city or because I lived so far from home right like I felt like I was on this different planet honestly like I was like 30 hours from home yeah oh I totally felt like I was on a different planet like I remember my very first day living on res and like people were asking me like what I was. What? (laughs) I didn't share this with you before. People literally asked me, they were like, what are you? And I'm like, what do you mean? But they were like, like that was their way of asking me like what my background was, like my ethnicity. And I'm like, this is so strange. Like I had never had someone ask me that before. And so I truly felt like I was in a different planet. And I mean, I would say like I live in Saskatchewan, so it's very not like Americanized at all. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, if you want to go someplace in Canada, that is probably the most Americanized. It's 
out in Ontario. Yeah, at least like that's what I would say. Um, Definitely southern Ontario. So yeah, yeah. like that's been my experience, and so I totally felt like I was you know in a different world. And so just going back to that quote from Billy, that's like one of the moments in my life where I was like, wow, this is like that one of those times in my life where I'm just always going to remember this you know yeah yeah oh my gosh Brescia it'll do that to you I guess right <laughs> yeah good old oh. Brescia um <laughs> okay one of the other I didn't mention this yet but a very emotional part in the book was when Billy was talking like about the thoughts or sharing his thoughts between like deciding whether or not to meet his daughter or just like go to rehab you know like having that kind of like internal battle first of all if you listen to this on audio he was literally crying and Mm -hmm. I was so worked up during this part that was just such a standout part of the book I think I honestly was so mad at him like (gasps) I don't know I I just Oh, I just, I I actually remember reading that the first time more so than like listening to it and everything. And I just remember being like, like, I don't have like experience with like addiction or anything like that, obviously. So like, I, I feel like maybe the relatability wasn't there and stuff like that, but I was just like, how could you do that to your wife? Like, how could you not be there for your daughter and stuff like that? Especially because like, he was like outside of the hospital. Right. And like, he knew that like she was like gonna like have his baby and stuff like that and I don't know like I think that in the end like he made the right decision and Teddy helped make the right decision and Teddy was there and everything um but I just remember being so mad and then like that quickly went away like as the story went on because like you realize that was absolutely like the best thing um but yeah I just remember being really mad at him So that's interesting. I'm glad I bring that up because that is a part where we kind of like differ. I definitely didn't feel mad. I've never, you know, been addicted to drugs or alcohol before, have never been Mm -hmm. to rehab because I've never had one of those addictions. But I mean, struggling with an eating disorder for so many years, like that is similar to having Mm -hmm. like an addiction of some type and I guess I just I could really relate to you know like the like the darkness he felt about himself like not being like that like he didn't even feel like worthy to meet his daughter and I just was like yeah I I totally get it so yeah no anger there for me I was just like pure emotion I'm like oh wow this is really hard (laughs) yeah a hundred percent and like, I think that, like, later on, like, when there are, like, other, do they have one other daughter? No, they had twins after Julia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Susanna and, then was, and Maria? Yeah, so when he was there for their births, and he realized, like, I've never he never a held newborn a newborn before. I've never, yeah. hold, I've never held a newborn before, and I was just like, oh, my God. But then, like, he never would have been there for that had he gone into that room that day like it would have been a completely different thing right so like I think that that like that like kind of like that changed my emotions and everything for sure but at the beginning I was just like what is he doing like what is going on like trash <laughs> you were I don't angry. know <laughs> yeah I was angry I, yeah. I'm glad but, I brought that up because it's good no, to have kind of like different opinions yeah no but I I I 
totally like love that perspective on like that darkness and that worthiness because like from the outside it's kind of like when you just like tell somebody like no just do it like you'll feel better da, 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 and how like that might not always be the truth right like you'll have to work through their own like stuff like so, he was feeling so like dark about himself that yeah. he couldn't even do that and yeah. I was like yeah I like I'm I can't be a dad like yeah like because he never felt been so awful about him Mm -hmm. um yeah so that was like definitely a standout part for me on the topic of kind of like him dealing with addiction and stuff I really loved this quote from Camila she said to Billy tell me what I can do to make it easier not harder yeah and I love that because I think um you know, like, I just, again, goddess Camila, like, I just, <laughs> I loved her. And I just love that perspective, because I I wish I would have written down, like, what exactly she was referring to. But it was kind of like him um, going out on tour and stuff, right? And I think, like, we can, as humans, we can make these certain situations, like, much harder on people, But she was like so determined on, okay, tell me what I can do to make this actually easier for you, right? And it may have not really looked like what you thought she would have done, but it made things easier on him and therefore like their relationship better. And yeah, I just, I really love that part. That quote just really stood out to me. I'm like, people need to hear that. (laughs) Like, you know, Mm -hmm when people are struggling yeah she had like such an intuition about Billy right that like I mean you just like wish you could have that for like all of your relationships right like she just like always seemed to know what to say or like what was and wasn't like fixable and stuff or like what her boundaries were and all of that right like I don't yeah she she was really interesting that way for sure like a daisy quote I actually did pull two daisy quotes so here are some daisy quotes so everybody wants somebody to hold up the right mirror and this was from daisy regarding billy seeing her in the way that she wanted him to see her and I was just like "Ooh, that's good (laughs) everybody wants somebody to hold up the right mirror right like it's like we have these people in our life that can't you just see me this way and so that kind of stood out to me and then I talk a lot about self-acceptance and stuff in my business and Daisy said acceptance is a powerful drug I'm like yes like you know out of kind of all the things that we can give ourselves accepting ourselves is kind of a you know this like super powerful thing Mm -hmm. and then regarding Billy this was a Billy quote and it was near the end um but he said loving someone isn't perfection and I just thought that was just like a really beautiful one-liner because you know being in like both you and I are in like serious committed relationships and I think you know people can get hung up on love looking a certain way and I just loved that Billy said that that loving someone isn't perfection yeah, I loved that. I loved like seeing how that all came together for them in the end too, and how he got his like 
a little Aurora dream and stuff like that. But then was like, there was like still that like hint of, you know, like maybe there's like another imperfect love story for him somewhere and stuff like that. So yeah, that is like a really cute quote. I like those. And then I think just before we, cause I do want to get into dream casting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we're both like chomping on the bit to do that, but um I just going back to, you know, the stereotypical things Taylor Jenkins Reid could have done. Mm -hmm. I think one of those things could have been, you know, Billy and Camila not staying together and things not working out with them. And I just love that they actually did. You know, I think, yeah, like, I love this. So, okay. Let's get into casting because I, we texted, we really didn't text much about this book once we, like once I got into it, obviously you had already read it, but you did send me some pictures of who you were (laughs) thinking of and I was like jumping up and down for some of the people that you had in mind. So let's start off with Daisy then for like, if you were the casting director who would you cast for Daisy's role? Oh my God. Okay, I love casting the book with you. This is like, Yay, this is this like one always one of my favorite, favorite things, things from yeah. like the past. Yeah. Um, so I've been on like a really big Mia Goth kick lately, but like she does mostly horror. So obviously, like if I was casting director, I would never cast her. But when I picture somebody that's like very Daisy like in my mind, it's definitely her. She just has that kind of like quirky, like, rock and roll kind of look she has that more like raspy like higher voice and stuff like it's not like deep like I think Daisy's probably is but she does have that kind of like raspy voice to her and I think she looks so hot with copper hair um I can see it I have a picture I'm not really familiar with this Mia goth but Mm -hmm. I have a specific picture in front of me and like I can definitely see it yeah that's not how I was picturing her but I can see it yeah she's married to Shia LaBeouf if that like I can see that on like how she like is and stuff but yeah no I really like her the only thing that I was thinking is that like if you put blue contact lenses on her it would look kind of weird she's very dark brown eyes but like I don't know I love I do love her for Daisy if I ignore the ocean blue eyes Okay, I'm curious um, what you Daisy. think. Yeah, so she's a little, again, we can kind of, I just want everyone to know, like, it doesn't really matter. I think, like, the age of people, right? Especially with, like, what they can do with makeup these days and such. <laughs> but I was picturing her, and if I was a casting director, I really, ha- I feel like Dakota Johnson has totally... Daisy vibes okay fair and I love Dakota Johnson she's like so gorgeous I love she her she is and she has you know, like, what? It could you work. know she's she is that person that like she walks in the room and everyone's eyes would like go to her and she mm-hmm. kind of has like that like they described Daisy with like those high cheekbones and every interview I've watched with Dakota she's just got like that like very like I don't really care vibe you know like her vibes are on point I think she could make like the perfect Daisy that would be my choice I like her as Daisy I like her as anybody like I know there has not been a single thing (laughs) that I've watched her in that I haven't adored her but Uh she's my Daisy I think she's okay yeah that's my Daisy I do love that 
Yeah. I love that. Fair. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Billy then? Okay. So my Billy has changed since I messaged because <gasps> that was way too generic. So well, like I'm excited. The more I was like listening to the book and stuff, I was just like, okay, like who would Billy like be? And like, how do I picture his voice? And every time I picture Billy singing, I like picture like hinders lips of an angel. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, that like very like rah, gravelly, like strong man voice. So I chose the lead singer of Hinder, Austin John Winkler, um, but like circa like 2005. He just kind of like has like this like, long emo-ish hair but if you like dress that down to like the 70s I think it's more the voice than everything but that's kind of how I decided Billy is okay I did not know who this was but (laughs) I can like kind of see it I mean they make or Taylor Jenkins Reid makes like a really big point of him looking very rock and roll so yeah I could see this for sure Mine is different. You don't know what I'm going to say. I haven't told you. But like, I think one of the reasons I'm saying this is because I recently watched the, well, not recently, but this summer, I watched the Elvis movie. Have you seen it? No. Austin (laughs) Butler did a phenomenal job at Elvis. Like, phenomenal. He is so rock and roll in that movie. And they also, like, describe Billy having, you know, kind of those, like, full eyelashes and, like, high cheekbones again for Billy. And so I would cast Austin Butler. I think he'd be a really good Billy. Okay. Interesting. He's definitely, definitely different than yours. Oh, but definitely. I do want to bring up actually like the show now, just because okay, yeah. like Sam Claffin, is that his name? Like who was, so Sam Claffin, Clayfin, however you pronounce his name, sorry, mm-hmm. but he was cast as Billy Dunn in the TV miniseries that's being created. Yeah. I don't think that's bad. Like, I think he's like a pretty good Billy, actually. What do you think? He looks fine to me. Um, He's definitely better than Graham. Um, Yeah. I'm just like like, looking at their castings right now. So Will Harrison, he looks just like baby. He looks cute. Yeah. He's cute. But like Graham's like this husky. Like to me, it's like. Um, Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, yeah. like Graham, you know, like yeah. this like big burly, like husky guy kind of thing. And then who they casted as Graham, I'm like, how old is this little guy? Like he like he's like just a <laughs> little tiny baby. So yeah. I would Will Harrison, I'm sure you're fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm first sure. impressed this, but yeah. yeah. No, um, I totally agree. And I, I do like looking at him. I, t- I tried to make a concerted effort like not to like I said only one of them like jumped out and I was like oh okay yeah but yeah I think that I don't think that I've ever seen this actor before but I think he'll make a good Billy I do agree I think so I think mm-hmm. so um okay you have to share with everyone who you chose for Karen because this is who Karen should be hands yeah. down this is 100% Karen. Please share with everyone now. <laughs> okay, so once again, kind of like Mia Goth, like 
in terms of like actual, like what they do on screen versus what the show would be, probably not the best casting decision. But I think that Pauline Chalamet absolutely like visually, like even reading through the book, like exactly who I would have pictured, completely different than who they cast. Um, So different. But I don't know. I just feel like she has like that, like dark hair, like just like, I don't care, like doing my job kind of vibe. And I just, I think that she's just the picture perfect Karen. Me too. I 100% agree with you. This is, this is our Karen. 100%. Um, We kind of skipped over Camila. I definitely want to talk about her. Mm -hmm. I Um, actually am really happy with who they cast for Camila. Yeah, me too. Camila Marone. I am like, if you pull up pictures of her, that's honestly, I think, perfect for the role. So I'm quite happy about that. Yeah, I'm quite happy. I think she's like gorgeous and yeah no I think that she'll do fantastic I think when I was first reading it I was definitely picturing like a Gina Rodriguez mm-hmm. um and a lot of that I think is because I am obsessed with Jane the Virgin and just like Gina Rodriguez playing a mom figure um like I just th- I thought that she would fit into that role really well the way that she was like described and stuff like that and like that strong kind of female character so that's who I was picturing but I do love who they casted I think that she's gorgeous and hopefully will do really well but she does your favorite character justice what about did you choose anyone for Simone for Simone Simone was the one where I was like oh the person they casted is actually like pretty spot on of what I was like picturing uh Nabia B um again I don't think I've ever seen her in anything um I didn't look her up too much but when I saw her picture I was like yeah that's pretty much perfect especially like when they have her like all dressed up with like the afro and like the 70s disco kind of look uh yeah I think she she looks perfect yeah I think she's going to be perfect for sure it was funny though when I was listening to the book um mm-hmm. Sasha Lane I'm not sure if you know who she is but mm-hmm. again going back to me watching more of Sally Rooney's TV series so this one's okay. like conversations with friends and she was Bobby in conversations with friends and so I kind of like pick initially I was picturing mm-hmm. Simone like her like Bobby in conversations with friends but yeah this um the woman that they casted I think is going to be amazing yeah and that happens right it's like whatever is fresh in your mind you sometimes like pick that person right so (laughs) yeah so what do you think about Riley Riley Keough Riley Keough what do you think about Riley Keough for Daisy I think she looks a lot softer than I thought she would, mm-hmm. but I, I still like her. Yeah. Like, I, I think know. she definitely, like some of the pictures that I've seen of her, I'm like, oh yeah, I can definitely see that. So that's exciting. And yeah, I can she's see it. like the granddaughter of Elvis. Yeah. So, I mean, it's in the blood, you know, I think, <laughs> so I think that's cool. So now I'm just curious, Megan, like, what are you thinking about 
the show, the mini series coming up. Are you chomping at the bit to watch it? How do you feel about it? Because I know sometimes when I watch or read something first and then watch it, mm-hmm. I have like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind I of feel like, like hesitant because I love the book so, so much. Yeah. So I'm of two minds. Um, I don't think that there's any way that the show would be able to do the book justice purely because of the format of the book, right? Um, But at the same time, uh, book adaptations done by Reese Witherspoon's um, company always tend to be really good. And she strays from the books enough to make them their own thing. So I think that it could still be really enjoyable and really kind of get to like the core of it. But I don't think it'll ever be able to replicate the book. Okay. Okay. Does that make Good sense? Take. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. What are... So, like, her company is Hello Sunshine. Yeah. And what are some of, like, your favorite books that she adapted into, like, movies, shows, miniseries, that sort of thing? Uh, Little Fires Everywhere she did. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, I, I so just could one, not... You didn't like I'm just it? like... I... No shade to Joshua Jackson, but I just, yeah. I can't. Yeah, fair enough. I think the book was definitely better there, but I thought the show was quite good. Um, I think she did Nine Perfect Strangers. Um, also a really good adaptation. And then what's the one that she did? I'm totally forgetting the name. Um, it's the one where like, it's like all of the housewives in Anaheim and then it has Alexander Skarsgård in it. I don't know. It's kind of like a mystery thriller kind of thing. I don't know. It's good. And I'm completely blanking on the name right now. But I think that she does get ad- adaptations typically. So. Okay. Well, crossing our I'm fingers not sad for this it. one. Yeah. 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 Cool. Because I what I usually like doing is like watching the show. And if I really like the show, mm-hmm. I'll read the book. Okay. And I usually am not too impressed the other way around. Yeah. You know, like I can do I can do either way. Um my only thing is that like I can never cast the characters in my head if I watch the show first because immediately those characters become the book characters for me. Yeah, 100%. But, uh, but yeah, I can go either way. Like I don't I'm not the kind of person that like absolutely like won't watch a show or a movie if I like the book. Because I think that they can be completely separate experiences, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see how it turns out, I guess. <laughs> Good. Well, I really loved finally talking about this book with you. Did we cover everything that you wanted to chat about? What was your rating? Five. You it was a five. Five okay. and immediately on my favorite shelf. Immediately. Okay. What about you? Nice. I ranked it back in January as 4.25. Um, I and I haven't, and I haven't, and I haven't re-ranked it yet. Um, I had in my notes that the reason that I had ranked it that way is because it definitely deserved a great plus rating, but it isn't on my all-time favorite list. Um, it does rank my top in two book categories, which is my favorite Taylor Jenkins read novel so far, and it was, and it's absolutely the best audiobook I've ever listened to. So. Five stars for those categories, but overall, it was great plus. I love yeah. that. And honestly, I said this before, but, or maybe I didn't, but 
I don't know. Like if it honestly, and I'll never know, but I, Mm -hmm. if I had read it first, I truly don't know if I would have given it a five star review, but I did because Mm -hmm. it's hands down one of my favorite books. And now because I liked the audio so much, I can just read it. And I know like I will love it just the same. You know what I mean? It's like, if you have that good first experience, then I could appreciate it in the other format, like the written format. Yeah. And you know what I like heard of people doing, and I've wanted to try this recently, like some book YouTubers that I watch do this is that they read along the book with the audiobook. So they do both at the same time. And I'm like, that's really interesting. So I might try to do that sometime. But like, as you know, I listen to my audiobooks like really fast. So I don't know if that'd be possible. <laughs> yeah. Usually mine take me like two, three days. Yeah. Listening to them on walks while you're cleaning, all yeah. the things. So, yeah. well, I love this so much. I'm excited mm-hmm. for another episode with you. Maybe it should be another Taylor Jenkins Reid book. We'll see. She has a new one. <laughs> Which one is her newest? Um, I think it's called, it's something, the character's name is Carrie Soto. Oh I yeah, believe. the tennis um, player. Yeah, so it's a tennis player book. So she's cover now, this one was about um, music. Um, she's done one about, you know, kind of like Hollywood and acting. Um, one about surfing and children of childhood stars. And now she's, diving into sports I guess so interesting Interesting. I mean I've heard really good things about the Carrie Soto one like it's like Carrie Soto is back yeah I I think think. that's what it's called Um, yeah well maybe Maybe. we'll have to do that one (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay thanks Megan